Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, you amazing ladies? And I'm sure a lot of, a few men as well, maybe maybe your husbands of the women who listen to my stuff. Maybe she's been like, hey, you need to listen to this shit. He knows what he's talking about. And she's dragged you in. Welcome to you too. Welcome to everybody. Hey, I hope everybody's having a great 2024 so far. How, how many of you guys made resolutions? How's that going for you? No shame. Sometimes when we get to a place where we're unhappy with where we're at or we're doing things that aren't congruent with our goals, sometimes the only solution seems to be oscillation in the opposite direction, right? Swing the pendulum. Well, this way of living isn't working. Why don't I just go the other extreme? And that rarely pans out because that other extreme is usually far above our current level of reality. And that's okay. We learn from it, right? We learn from it. Speaking of learning, read between the lines here. My personal life has been a little bit upside down the past couple of weeks. All is well. Time heals all. You know, I'm, I am very, I am very human, as you all know, and still have lots of things to work on and, and things to grow and heal. And I will continue to do that. And all is well, you know, time heals all. Moving on. Oh, by the way, don't DM me and ask me about stuff, please. Please. I appreciate well wishes and such. It's the last thing I want to talk about, though, as you can imagine. Anyway. Today's episode is going to be awesome because I'm going to give a lot of value. What I decided to do was go through my Q&A on Instagram and, and just expand on the most frequently asked questions I get. A lot of the questions are rooted in overthinking and, and overcomplicating things, kind of trying to split atoms when the answer is two plus two. And I get it because this shit's confusing. Fat loss is confusing. Thinking that you have to get it perfect keeps a lot of people from doing anything. The fear of failing weight loss or miscalculating your calories or fucking up exercise keeps people from doing anything. And, and that's honestly the biggest obstacle people are facing is just analysis paralysis and just being petrified to do anything because you're so afraid of doing the wrong thing because Jesus Christ, everywhere you look, there's some influencer telling you bread's going to kill you or this supplement's going to save you or hey, try the blood type diet, try carnivore. Meanwhile, both of those diets have a scientific accuracy rating of 20% or less on red pin reviews, the most reliable, competent source of scientific literature. What's the word? Scientific literature interpretation. I guess you'd, you'd call it gauging the efficacy or the, the accuracy of nutrition literature. So it's a really good site, Red Pen Reviews. If you if you're want to start some diet, go look at the scientific accuracy percentage. I mean, Christ, people like Mark Hyman, Paul Saladino, Jason Fung, Obesity Code. Go look at their scientific accuracy percentage on Red Pen Reviews and you'll be like, oh, this diet's fucking asinine. I digress. I digress. So let's talk about some of these Q&As. I'm just going to jump right into it. Before we jump into it, actually, man, you know, Air Force, or not Air Force, what are they called? Air Maxes. Air Maxes are so comfortable. I'm wearing a pair of Air Maxes right now. And when they were ordered, I thought they were going to be red and blue and white, like patriotic, but they're like orange and blue and white. So I look like blippy. I'm just walking around looking like Blippy, and Denver loves it because he loves Blippy, you know? Dude, people are so, I guess, like suspicious about Blippy. People think that he's some kind of pedophile or something or that he's crazy. The guy's a normal guy. He, he's just, you know, he found something, he found an opportunity and he rolled with it. Now he's a multimillionaire, you know? Um, is he a little quirky? Absolutely. Is it effective for kids? It's crack. So can we really fault them? I mean, they, of course, when someone blows up, people try to uncover their dirty 
shit. And they found that he, when he was younger, posted some video that he was, his parents pooped him out and he was a butt baby or something. And people that like outraged people like, oh my God, we're letting this kid, we're letting this guy talk to our kids and he did this. Shut up, Aaron. First of all, you're throwing stones from a glass house. Is your life perfect? Why don't we stop demonizing people because they've made mistakes in their past? It's so hypocritical. If we immediately cancel people and deplatform them just because they've made mistakes in their past, nobody would have a fucking platform. Do you guys realize that? Well, if you're if you're a listener to this podcast, you probably you're probably not like that cuz snowflakes don't do very well on my channels. You can't emotionally regulate you're not really going to last very long <laughs> around me because I don't, I don't pull a lot of punches. I only pull punches because if I pull the punches that I have to, to, to keep from getting banned from social media, basically. Those are the only punches I pull. Otherwise, I go whole hog, baby, because I want to be truthful and transparent and not sugarcoat or not bubble wrap the truth for anybody. Not doing anyone any credit if I bubble wrap the truth, especially when it comes to nutrition. Especially when it comes to this shit. Nothing but unbridled truth. Speaking of truth, live in truth, y'all. If there is an uncomfortable conversation that you're putting off, or if there is a thing you're avoiding, why are you avoiding it? It's a credit card you're, you're swiping. I'm talking specifically in relationship, whether it's romantic relationship, business relationship, or otherwise this thing that keeps bugging you and you feel it in your body creating resent and contempt, the longer you avoid it, the more it's going to grow and it'll manifest. It'll come out sideways. Address it. The short-term discomfort of addressing an uncomfortable truth far outweighs the pain of avoiding it and it coming out and damaging things later on because you swiping that credit card. I'm not, I'm, and, I, and we all do this in t- at times. So keep in mind, most of the things I advocate or like I'm good at explaining are things that I've struggled with myself and worked my way through them and have compassion for myself and compassion for you. But that's another thing. So I was listening to a podcast from Peter Crone, guy that I, I like to listen to sometimes. And he was talking about how so many of us, like the ego, right? And the things that we think we are, but more impactful to the way that we behave are the things that we swear up and down we are not. What we'll often find is that the things that we deny or go out of our way to say that we are not are the exact same things that we are just refusing to accept about ourselves because we think it's too ugly or we just can't look at it, right? So like my advice and what I'm going to try moving forward one day, I don't know if I'm ever going to date again. Probably not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm in the trenches right now, so it's easy to think that way, right? But one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say, who are you not? And just let them answer it. You know, I ask a lot of tough questions early on. Usually I do now at least because I don't have time to pussyfoot around. But I'm going to ask, what are you not? And see what they say. Because in my experience, and I'm not, I'm not talking about anybody specific right now. Nobody specific, please. Okay, I'm not. I'm just saying in general. I'm talking friendships, business relationships, et cetera. And just noticing other relationships. What I've noticed is Whatever people say they're not in the beginning of a relationship is usually exactly what they are under in times of duress or when things get hard. That thing that they don't think they are or swear they're not will be exactly what they are. And I've been guilty of that. I have been guilty of that because with me, the things that I've been labeled in the past from years ago, you know, I've, I've, and I've spoke about this before, you know, and a lot of men do this. We build our life around not being that thing that hurt us. You know, that thing that got, got in our soft spot, our soft underbelly. We'll build our whole life around not being that thing or, or avoiding being, in, being 
being interpreted to be that thing, you know, being perceived to be that thing. So like for me, when I was bullied so much as a kid, I was like, oh, I must be weak. I must be weird. Weird was a real triggering word for me for a long time because it was used to used to bully me back in like middle school and even high school. They were like, they called me weird. And so if someone said I did something weird in relationship, oh, it would trigger me. And I would deny, I'm not fucking weird. You're weird. You know, I would just get so mad. And so I would, you know, I would build my life around not being, not being weird, you know, or weak, right? Weak was a big one when I was a little boy. So God forbid I'm weak, right? So I, you know, on steroids and lift weights and become freakishly big and strong at one point in my life, in my, in my 20s. And one relationship, money was held over my head, right? Oh, you'll never be a provider. You'll never, you know, be anything. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll show you. I'll just get as, you know, I'll just explode a business, right? Just blow up. And then I realized that money doesn't make me happy. And I also realized that building my life around things like that kept me from building intimacy and relationship, right? I just kept everyone at arm's length. So not to get too depressy on this episode, but I figured it'd be a good time to do a podcast because I'm in a a quote unquote, like a low point in my life. And usually when I do podcasts, I'm all hopped up on caffeine and just loving life. And, and there, you know, there are ebbs and flows to life. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast when I'm super, super on top of the world. I'm also going to do one when I'm sad and I'm going through some pain, you know, because that's part of life too. It's an inevitable part of life. A lot of people try to avoid it and ironically cause more pain by trying to avoid that pain. But, you know, here we are. Here we are. Man, Denver's, Denver's getting, Denver's getting so tall and he's just, every time I, every time I see him, he's, he's just like saying something new or doing something new and he just, man, Sometimes, like this morning, I just drove around crying because this song came on. That's kind of our song. It's called uh, Rain by Breaking Benjamin. I don't know why that's our song, but it, it just is. I think it's because he made the rain go away at a very dark time in my life. You know, he made the, the, t- the type of rain I was in, the kind of storm I was in. It's only, it is, it is taking people from this world, you know, and he, he came in and took that rain away. A very the time where I, I needed it most, and uh, so I guess that's kind of like I guess that's kind of why that why that's our song. But uh, sometimes, sometimes I uh, sometimes that when I'm really sad, I think about how no matter what, I've got him. You know, when I get really sad and lonely. Because, you know, it can be a lonely life trying to build what I'm building. I have some really good people in my corner. Thank goodness. Really good people in my corner. I'm really lucky. I have the family that I do. My parents, specifically. God, I love my parents. My parents are always looking out for me. They're so wise. You know? You get... If you go through cycles in life where you think you've got so much figured out, you're like, oh, I'm so much smarter than my parents. And then here I am, you know, 30, 34, turned 35 this year. And, you know, there they are with some wisdom. You know, you can't, you can't really replace wisdom. With, you know, some people, some people, like time doesn't make a difference, right? Some people can be 50 and be just as wounded and shitty as they were in their 20s. But, you know, I can say my parents are definitely wise and, and they always, man, they always support me no matter what. I'm lucky to have my, my business partner. I'm lucky to have the few male friends that I have and a couple really good female friends, uh, my coaching team. But there are times when, you know, I'm just, I feel really alone and I have this big ass picture of Denver in my office. It's actually an accident that I have it. That he needed pictures for school and I was trying to print off a, like a two by two picture of a passport size picture for him for school. And it printed off way too big. And I was like, I'm just going to keep it. So I had this just print out of Denver's face right here on my desk. And that's the first thing I look at every day because I just get up and come in here and meditate usually. And there he is. And I just, it just every single time, you know, those of you who are parents real close with your kids, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you just look at a picture of them or an old video and 
You just that's if you want to feel love, if you want to feel that unconditional love, that's that's the that's the way there. And then as you get older, the trick is giving yourself that love. For a lot of us, that's hard, right? After a relationship ends, I tend to just really blame myself for everything and and think about I kind of condemn myself, you know, I'm like, oh, you you're you're messed up, you're broken, you know. I kind of go there at times. Not all. I mean, not, not, not perpetually, but I, 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 I do go there. I don't stay there, but I do go there. And then I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, now I'm aware enough to where I can say, now, wait a minute. What would you tell Denver? What would you tell your best friend? What would you tell someone you really care about? What would you tell them while they're going through this? And then speak to yourself that way, you know? And on the other spectrum, don't speak to yourself in a way that you wouldn't want to walk in on your kids speaking to themselves, right? We speak to ourselves worse than we would speak to our worst enemies sometimes. So those of you who have negative self-talk know that I have it too. I've had it for a long time. I still deal with it at times, but compassion is the way. Compassion and gratitude this, this time around. And I say this time around because like, I have patterns in my, my life that I, I kind of, they, the loop has gotten smaller and smaller every time, but you know, I'm, I'm, I have a proclivity to a certain pattern in relationship. And although the, the growth is there and the, and the pattern gets, you know, changes over time, you know, it's, it's hard to not beat yourself up sometimes, but the, you know, the increased compassion now, take, you know, the relationships, we're not taught how to do relationship, right? We have to learn it. We're not, we, we don't, most of us aren't taught. We weren't, I'll say this, we're not born knowing how to do relationships. We have to learn it. And, and some of us were given bad examples. So, or, or dysfunctional examples. And so that's what plays out instinctively. You know, healing that over time is, is the task, right? And compassion along the way is where it's at. So that's where I'm at. That's the real rawness you're going to get today. No more. I'm done. I'm done with it. It's enough. I'm going to go into the value stuff for today. So let's talk about mother effing Q&As I get on Instagram. One of the biggest ones I get is training in cardio. Okay. I want to really try to shed some light here. Obviously, I've done episodes on cardio and training, but, and, and why, what the purpose of each, you know, what to focus on depending on your goal. And I think that's the biggest confusion that I see is what women want to manifest with their body. Like the, the visual goal you want to see and then the congruence with what you're doing to make that happen. And the majority of people are not doing things that will make this goal you have in your head happen. What you're doing isn't in line with what you want to see. And the reason for that is because you're just super confused. You know? And what you think cultivates the body that you have in your mind or like the changes you want to make is simply not what you're doing. And, and the other motherfucker of it is it's so simple. It's so simple. I'm not saying it's easy or that it's, it's like easy to understand, but it's once you get it, and you start living it, it is very simple. It's not complex, but that doesn't mean it's, hard, it's not hard to cultivate in your life. And so what do I mean by that? Let's say that you want to get leaner. Let's just say, let's just keep it very simple and say, I want to have a leaner midsection. I want to have toned legs, less jiggle, less, you know, tummy fat, lower back fat, arm fat, leg fat, whatever it is. By the way, and I say all this while also advocating contentment with self, not complacency. There's a difference between complacency and contentment. Contentment is I love, I, I have compassion for myself where I am currently at. I love myself where I'm currently at. I love myself now and when I make changes, right? That self-love will carry you through. You do this from a place of self-loathing it's not really going to stick, right? So with that being our overarching mentality towards self, let's just say you want to get leaner, right? Well, lean, the word lean, when we think about the word lean, the word toned, defined, this all requires muscle. It's all muscle. That's all those words mean the same shit, muscle. Muscle, 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 muscle. Get it through your head, muscle. When I say muscle, I just mean muscle tissue that just provides shape to your body. It, it, it provides 
literal shape. If you look at someone's body, a lot of, and this isn't, this is, these are bodybuilding terms, but it's very applicable here. You have Y frames, you have X frames, right? And that means both Y and X, like you look at a capital X and a capital Y, the middle is small, right? And you have development in both the upper body and lower body. Now, a Y would mean is typically used to describe like old school male bodybuilders. So we're going to go with the X frame. Means athletic build. So knowing that, the only way to cultivate that type of frame where your waist gets smaller and everything else gets more developed, I'm not saying bigger. Bear that in mind. I'm not saying your upper half and lower half get bigger because they really won't. They really won't. And I'll tell you why here in a sec. But just keeping that in mind, like the thing that we want to cultivate, a visual change in your, what you see in the mirror. If you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, my midsection is too big. My legs don't have any definition. My, my arms are flabby. If you have all these kinds of things, like descriptors going on, well, the biggest thing that you have to do in terms of your exercise, the, the most optimal activity for you is resistance training. Resistance training. Training to get stronger. Resisting gravity in the form of using dumbbells and barbells to challenge your muscles and cultivate and stimulate development. That is, that is what you have to do. Now, that is not to say that's all you do. Excuse me, I'm a little sick, so forgive me. I just got over a cold. Oh, my voice is all weird. But it's not to say that you own that. That's another thing. Don't interpret what I say in extremes. Balance means you, you, you can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you, and you make a smorgasbord of what is your lifestyle. So stop interpreting things in extremes. If I say strength training, I don't mean only strength training, okay? Just get it in your values. Just start to make it a value. With anything that I advocate, just make it important to you in some way compared to where you're at. So if it's not important to you at all, make it slightly important. If you're not weight training at all, just start dabbling. That's all that means. It doesn't mean go whole hog and fucking jump off the cliff. It just means start adopting practices or values that are a little bit, a little, just a smidge beyond your current level of, of lifestyle. Otherwise, nothing's going to stick. You have to do this in increments. You can't just make these huge, lofty, dynamic overhauls of lifestyle because that's too far above your current level of existence, above your current level of consciousness. When we do that, we can't maintain it. We're not ready. We have to build, okay? So weightlifting is in your future if you want to create a leaner body. When it comes to cardio, cardio is short for cardiovascular endurance training. It trains the cardiovascular system. It makes your blood pump. It makes your heart work. It makes your lungs use more oxygen. It just, that's all. That's it. That's it. It may produce some lactic acid in your muscles, meaning like you feel it burning if you're on a bike or if you're in, you know, like a spin class, some kind of orange theory boot camp thing where you're moving around a lot and you're burning. But I'm here to tell you that just because you're moving around a lot and you're sweating and you're, and you happen to be holding some weights or you feel it burning on a Stairmaster, that burn will not equate to actual muscle tissue development. There's a very specific way to induce the hypertrophy, which is the breakdown of the muscle tissue that is needed to make it rebuild differently, to create new cells and prolonged, repetitive, easy. Because look at, okay, so let's, let's go back. Let's just let's simplify this even more. Why do you have to weight train to, or strength train to, and I say strength train because can you get some muscle tissue breakdown from Pilates and yoga and shit like that? Yeah, very little. Yeah, sure. By the way, Pilates, I know I hate on it a lot. The reason I do is because it's kind of a scam, right? They just trick you into resistance training. That's all you're doing. Like they, they put a fancy label on it. You're paying a lot of money to do something that you could just as easily do in the gym. That's all. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> people hate, people fucking hate me for hating on Pilates. It's like I'm just ripping away their entire life. But that's just a fact. Like you're just resistance training and 
they they put a, a cool little label on it. It's the last name of the guy who created it way back. And and like it's 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 just resistance training. It's all you're doing. You're, you're overpaying for something you could do in the gym. I digress, right? And maybe it's the group factor. That's fine. If you love it, do it. That's fine. I'm just telling you, it's not special. Anyway, when it comes to the specific, okay, so to 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 create muscle tissue development. By the way, do you, your muscles either shrink or they grow. Like they either develop or they don't. It doesn't mean that, let's say that you're overweight and you, you want to lose weight, that if you lift weights, you're going to get bigger. That's not what that means. That's not what that means because a lot of your size, if you're overweight, is body fat. A lot of it's body fat. Not, and, and very little of it, in all likelihood, is muscle tissue. So one of two things is going to happen. Let's just say you're one of these people that swears up and down they have a lot of muscle under there. Well, cool. When you burn the body fat off, you're still going to get smaller and what's left will be the tissue underneath, the muscle tissue. If you don't have a lot of muscle, you can build some as you, as you lose weight, very little if you're in a caloric deficit, but if you're overweight and you're not used to the gym, then you will build a little bit of muscle tissue on the way. You'll build a lot of strength and you'll get smaller regardless because you're going to burn body fat and underneath that body fat is the muscle tissue, right? It's not the other way around. You don't have muscle that sits on top of fat. Fat always covers the muscle. So as you burn, as you lose body fat, the muscle tissue is going to be what is underneath. And that is why you get smaller when you lift weights. People like me who have no body fat, if I lift weights and eat in a surplus, I will get bigger, right? I'm just maintaining. I'm not eating in a consistent surplus enough to grow, right? But I have very little body fat. I'm, I'm like 5% body fat. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe seven. I don't know. It's debatable. But I have very little body fat genetically. Therefore, if I gain muscle, I'll get bigger because there's no body fat there. But if you have body fat covering the muscle, if you lose body fat and gain muscle, you're going to get smaller. So that's big confusion as well. Like people think, oh, I don't want to get bulky. Sis, you're not going to get bulky. Men can't even get bulky. You know how hard it is to gain muscle? It's fucking hard. I'm going to get into that here in a little bit, but you're not going to get bulky. So the, the ideal routine would be like if, you're, if your goal is to get leaner, toned, et cetera, it'd be like three days of resistance training and then fucking three to one ratio with cardio. Now, don't overthink that. I'm just saying in general, okay? You can do cardio. Cardio is fine. Matter of fact, please do cardio. It's good for your health and it will make you better at weight training because you won't get tired. You can train harder with weights. That's fine. Just don't do cardio at the expense of your weight training. If cardio, if you do so much cardio that it affects your weight training, you are stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. You are now counterproductive because you're putting the majority of your effort into something that doesn't build muscle tissue. You're doing something that's going to make your lungs and heart healthier. Awesome. Great. Good for you. Won't equate to a visual change. All right. And I just, I really want to drive that home. Those of you who are walking on a Stairmaster, going to spin classes, doing Orange Theory, boot camps, and it burns, and you're sitting there thinking that that burn is going to equate to a transformed body, I'm here to tell you it's not. You may lose some weight, but most of that hinges on your nutrition anyway. So regardless of what phase you're in, and I'll get into phases here in a sec, you, you need to be strength training. I mean, let's just put aside the aesthetic goals. I just posted something about metabolism decreasing with age. You know, the number one factor of decreasing basal metabolic rate is loss of skeletal muscle tissue. You lose muscle, you are fucked. Now, some muscle loss is inevitable, but you can stave it off for a long time by continuing to weight train into your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s at your current level of capability. You got to. If you want to age fast, don't lift weights put it that way. If you want to age as fast as possible, don't get strong. If you want to stave off the, the aging process, lift weights, stay strong. You will not get bulky. You will not get manly. Doesn't, doesn't happen. Okay. Now, where does cardio fit in? Well, I mean, do it whenever. You, you know, I get a lot of questions like, when should I do it? Before or after workout? That's focusing on the wrong shit. You just need to make lifting a value and cardio a value. That's it. The rest, the rest will buff out. If you're getting stronger, who gives a shit? That's all that matters. You're not sabotaging yourself one way or the other. If you want to be like, if you, if you want to, the way that I would do it would probably be cardio after simply because I want to focus on the thing that's going to make the most difference in my body, which is weight training. Do you have to do cardio to be healthy? No. 
Is it good for you? Yeah. Should you do it? Yeah. But just don't make it your focal point. Make your focal point the thing that's most important, which is your strength training. So I hope that clears up a little bit of confusion there. I mean, I don't demonize cardio. It's just, I don't, I just don't emphasize it. I, I, it's an afterthought. It's, it's icing on a cake of strength training and walking. Walking is, in my opinion, and well, not, not just my opinion, just fucking fact, walking is more important than cardio because walking is an indicator of your lifestyle. How much do you move outside of the gym? Because if you go to the gym and you work your ass off and you go home and you sit around like a banana slug, well, your lifestyle is sedentary and that is going to reflect in your body. So look at your step count way more than you look at your cardio. There's so many people that go and do a shit ton of cardio and then lay around the rest of the week and then wonder why they're not changing. It's, oh, cool. You were really active for 30 minutes of the day. You have 23 and a half other hours of the day. That's an indicator of your overall lifestyle. That's why exercise encompasses around 5% of your calories burned per day and your non-exercise activity is 15% or more on average because it's a greater portion of your time lived. So if you want to make a big dent, like the biggest levers, the most efficient way to make change in your body from an exercise perspective is lift weights, walk a lot. If you just do those two things, if you're not eating like a complete jackass, you'll get results. Now, when it comes to eating like a complete jackass, let's talk about that. Let's go to this question. A lot of people ask me like, oh, what is the best way to calculate calories? Should I calculate my TDEE? Should I calculate my BMR? Should I calculate my... Dude, just fuck all that. Seriously, fuck it. It's so dumb to... not not. I'm not saying you're dumb. Nobody's dumb here. We're all trying to figure it out, okay? But I will say it is dumb to hyperfixate on which calorie tracking or I mean, which calorie calculation is best. No matter, here's, here's what I need you all to realize. No matter what you pick calorie-wise, first of all, you can't fuck it up. You can't. You know why? Because if it's off, you just adjust. Problem solved. Nobody calculates their shit perfectly from jump. How would you even know that? Because no matter what you do, if you put in your height, your weight, most people drastically overestimate their activity level and underestimate their caloric intake. That's a big thing that throws those things off as online calculators. But even so, let's just say you, you get as close as you possibly can. No matter what you do, you have to tr- pick a number and stick with a range of that number within you know, 200 calories, ideally, and average that every single day for over the course of weeks and see which way your weight trends. Now, if your goal is weight loss, and let's say after three weeks, you, you're consistent and you average that calorie goal, and you lose a pound after two weeks, awesome. You're well on your way. You don't have to touch shit. You found it. Good job. If you gain weight, provided you're tracking accurately, because, I mean, shit, you know, 50% of people don't even track accurately. So that throws that out the window. But if you're tracking accurately, if you're one of the 50% that are, and are being honest, and are like weighing your food, and putting in serving sizes, and, and being consistent with it, day in and day out, and not just Monday through Wednesday... <laughs> If your weight goes up, great. You still figured it out because now all you have to do is take away like 200 calories of your goal and you're, you're there more than likely, right? Don't weigh every day. Your weight's going to fluctuate every single day. You need to, need to just make that clear. Your weight will fluctuate every single day no matter what you do. Even people that fast for 72 hours sometimes gain weight at the end of it because our bodies just fucking do that. They store water. There's poop. There's all kinds of stuff. And, and so don't weigh every day. Way once a week to every two weeks. I say bi-weekly is probably your best bet to account for any kind of fluctuations. And then you, and you compare over time, get six to eight weigh-ins before you change anything. Because that's the next question. It's, oh, what do I, how, do, what, what, how do I know when I plateaued? Well, a plateau is not when your weight stops moving. Okay, A plateau would be your weight has been stagnant on average for the past like, eight weeks, not one week, eight weeks, at least, I would say. And you're being consistent elsewhere. Now, the reason I say that is because if your weight plateaus, but you're not tracking calories, you're not eating a lot of protein, and you're not walking a lot, well, there's three metrics right there that you could tweak before you take away calories. We don't want to take away calories if we don't have to. Calories are fuel. The, the food 
you eat provides your body with nutrients. And when you take away calories, you're now taking away fuel. You're taking away nutrients. And you, have now, you now have less nutrients to live on and perform and get the most out of your workouts and rebuild and repair and develop, right? Which is needed for muscle tissue development. If you want to destroy any kind of muscle you have, just underfuel yourself because your body will definitely eat itself. Fucking hate keto. Another stupid diet. Anyway. A plateau would be if your weight has truly plateaued and it's not moving at all, right? And, and I mean, when I say not moving at all, I mean like when you are in a weight loss journey, half a pound to a pound and a half per week on average over time is what you want. And if people just realized and accepted that, then people would just stick, would, would stick with it and, and would actually lose the weight and body fat instead of jumping ship every two weeks. It takes patience. It takes commitment to a process that doesn't show the results immediately. It takes delayed gratification. And most people aren't wired for that shit. They want now. They want now. But I'm here to tell you that the truth is these are just values you're going to have to adopt. There's no blueprint. There's no magic. There's no sexy cure or hack the people with the body that you covet. You're sitting there and you're like, oh my God, how do they look like that? Well, these things are values to them. They eat a lot of protein. They very likely strength train or some form of resistance training. They're active. And they've been doing those things year in and year out because they're values of them. They're just things that are in the fiber of their being. They're not having to strain to do these things because they're just, it's just how they are, right? Think about something about you right now. It's just how you are, right? Oh, every day I got to have my coffee. Oh, every day I got I to gotta watch this show. Oh, I, I, this is... You know, this is a big part of who I am. I, I love to listen to this music. Oh, I have to eat this food at least twice a week. You know? Oh, I got I to gotta, I gotta read this book. All these things that we, that we use to talk about who we are, like, you have to be able to make protein a part of that. You have to make walking a part of that. Going on a walk every day, if your goal is weight loss, has to become as big a part of your identity as your hair color or your hairstylist, the girl that you just, you go to no matter what because she always gets it right. Your nail girl. I'm using female examples. For men, it would be a barber. If I find a barber that cuts my shit good, I'm never leaving him, ever. He can't get rid of me. That's how you have to be about protein intake. That's how you have to be about strength training. Just what you do. Now, all that being said, if those things aren't values right now, I'm not shaming you because, shit, man, we're all just trying to make it out here. We're all trying to figure it out. There's things in my life I'm trying to make a value that I've struggled with for years. You know? There's things I've struggled with for a decade that I'm still trying to make a value or, or, or delete from my behavior or get better at that I constantly struggle with still. So I say this with a layer of humanism and compassion. But I also say with truth and transparency, that you have to make these things values over time. And the way to make values over time is to commit slowly, complete readily, which I've talked about time and time again. Only commit to doing something slightly above your current level of reality so you can build trust with your own words. So like when we look at my four pillars, which are step count, protein intake, strength training, calorie range, right? If you look at, you know, one or more of those categories and see what your current level of commitment is. Let's take protein, for example. Well, if you don't hardly ever eat a lot of protein or if you're averaging like 30 grams a day, then you need to go for 35 grams a day, not 100. Same thing with step count. If you're currently walking 1,500 steps a day and you're trying to lose weight, well, don't fucking say 10,000, Deborah, Denise, Teresa, Sarah. (laughs) I'm just saying random names. Don't say 10,000 because that is so far above your current level of reality. Say 1750, 250 extra steps a day, something like that. And then follow through. The key is the follow through. You follow through and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I said I was going to do some shit and then I went and did some shit. I feel good about that. I feel good about my integrity. I do what I say I'm going to do. Now you start feeling yourself. I digress a little bit there, but that's how I feel about the whole calorie calculation thing. Whether you do goal weight in pounds times 12 or use an online calculator or or whatever, you just got to do something. 
You can't fail. Just do it. See which way your weight trends and then adjust. And then you got it. But no matter what, you have to do that first step. Do it. Stop thinking about it. Decide to do it. Now, speaking of just doing, I got another question this week. Will you please motivate me? They were like, please motivate me. I'm lost, et cetera. Look, I'm lost too. (laughs) All right, no, for real. If you're sitting around waiting for motivation to do something, it's going to be like waiting on this Epstein client list, man. We're never going to get it, okay? All right. I may, I usually make a Joe Biden joke, but people are too sensitive for that. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave that alone. But Epstein client list, everybody can, everybody can get on that train, right? I hope so. Anyway, you're not going to get motivated out of nowhere. And if you wait for motivation to make you go get results, you're just, you're never going to get there. Do action. Do something. It doesn't go motivation and then action and then results. It goes motiv- It goes action, results, motivation. You take action, you get results, you get motivated from those results, and you take more action. It repeats itself. But none of that happens without taking action. So that just goes back to what I just explained with the calorie thing. Everybody's like, oh, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. Therefore, I'm going to do nothing. Not like fucking Eeyore. <laughs> You sound like Eeyore. I guess I'll do nothing because I'm so confused. Stop it. Do something. Just do it. And what's the worst case scenario here? Go ahead. For those of you who just, you know, and, and I do this sometimes too. Those of you who just like forecast calamity. Oh, what if I get this wrong? Okay, what if you get it wrong? Let's go there. You could do the, let's just say, you do the wrong calorie calculation. Oh my God, it's 500 calories above your maintenance. Oh, you gained a pound or two. Guess what? You don't gain body fat overnight, so you're just full of the new food volume. So just decrease your calories by 200. Try again. Oh, you found it. Wow, look at that. That's the worst case scenario of calculating the wrong uh, calorie number. That's it. We just panned it out. The worst case scenario is you gain a couple pounds because of the increased food volume or whatever, and then you decrease your calories by 100 to 200, and now your weight stabilizes, and then you start going in the other direction. That's it. Did you die? Did you fail weight loss? Nope. You succeeded. You won weight loss because you were willing to take action while everyone else sit there sat there acting confused because confusion is safety for a lot of people. They act confused. They don't have to do anything. I hate this neighborhood, but at least I know my way around. (laughs) Hey, we've all been there. That's the way out of it. You just do. You just do. It probably involves putting your fucking phone down. Uh, That I can speak for myself there. Whenever I want to get some shit done with work, I leave my phone in the other room and guess how much stuff gets done? A lot. But if I bring my phone in here and I'm doom scrolling or just aimlessly distracting myself with the endless window in the other people's lives that is social media, I get distracted. So probably involves putting your phone down and taking some action, right? Freaking phone. I've cussed a lot on this episode. I apologize for those of you who like have kids and have to listen to this in your earbuds. Can't listen to it in the car because I'm just a potty mouth. I mean, I, I I don't apologize for who I am, but I, I do have compassion for those of you with kids because I can't let li- Denver can't listen to this. <laughs> Not right now, at least. Not right now. Although we do listen to hood rat stuff in the truck on the way to school sometimes. We listen to little John the East Side boys sometimes, you know. Get them crunk early. We just bob our heads and listen to what's that shit you be talking about? Or what's that shit that you represent? You know? Get crunk, motherfucker. Get crunk. Roll in. Re-roll in preschool. Listen. <laughs> Everybody else listen to I'm an excavator. Excavator. Hey, dirt, see you later. I'm an excavator. Oh, can't you see? 
Some of y'all are like, oh my God, my nightmares. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. We don't listen to that role in the preschool. You know what we listen to? I don't even know that. <laughs> we, the other day we were listening to Juvenile. And I don't even know the words. I just like mouth what I think he's saying. Girl, you're working with your bad dad. A bad dad. Girl, fine with your dad bear. A dad bear. With the fire with the bad bear. <laughs> oh, that made me call. You a fine mother girl back that ass up. You know? Anyway. You know how we make up words to songs when we're kids too? Because we don't, we don't know the words. For me, it was, it was the national anthem. I would say, oh, say, and you see by the dawn, jerly, I would say dawn, jerly, dawn, jerly. You just make up words because you don't know the words, you know, by the dawn, jerly, like, fuck is dawn, jerly, Maverick, in your old Maverick. What are you doing? Learn the words. Ah, where was I? Oh, more, F, uh, more questions that I get asked. By the way, don't ask me thoughts on questions. Those of you who are new to the podcast, holy ball sack. Thoughts on questions are the laziest way to ask a question you could possibly imagine. I, there is, the only thing that infuriates me more than thoughts on questions, thoughts on semaglutide, thoughts on fat burners, thoughts are Zodiac. Questions. What's your sign? Hey, I'm. Th- you know what I do with people who ask me what my sign is? Oh, this is this is really petty. This is really petty, but this is what I do. Because sometimes I'm petty. I do this. They're like, "What's your sign?" And I, if it's in person, even better. Oh my god, great way to never have a first date with me again. Anyway. What's your sign? I'm like, oh, what do, you, what do you think my sign is? And they're always wrong. They're always wrong. Every single time, they're always wrong. And they say, I bet you're a tar. And I'm like, oh my God, how did you know? How did you know? I really dig. I get it out of them. I'm like, how did you know I was a Taurus? What, gave, what exactly, what, what specifically gave it away that I'm a Taurus? And they're always like, oh, it's just, you know, you like exude good leadership qualities, like every other vague fucking descriptor that Zodiac uses. So everyone fits in, the, in it. They leave them so vague that everyone can say, oh, yeah, that's me. You guys not realize that yet? Oh, my God. Anyway, and then I'll be like, oh, really? Cool. Awesome. Like, how long have you been? I'll, I'll go even further. Oh, I, I'm sadistic. I'll go even further. I'll say, how long have you been studying Zodiac? Long time? They're like, oh, just like a decade. I'm like, wow, yeah. So I can see why you're so adept at identifying someone's personality traits on such vague, you know, descriptors. Got it. Cool. So here's the thing. I'll let them go on and on and on. Then I'll be like, here's the thing. I have a confession to make. And I'll be like, I'm not actually Taurus. I'm a Leo. And they'll say, oh my God, I knew it. I knew you were Leo. I should have guessed that. That was my second guess. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. What gave it away? I may play with them a little bit more. It's like a cat playing with its dead food. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. What, what, how'd you know I was a Leo? Yeah. That's what gave it away. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'll keep going. Then I'll say, here's the thing. I'm not a fucking Leo either. I'm a Scorpio. Miss me with the Zodiac bullshit. Without fail, that is how it always goes. I have yet to have that conversation with someone and they weren't wrong twice about my sign, quote unquote sign. Every single time, I've probably done that 50 times. And every single time, they've been wrong twice. Every single time. So stupid. Miss me with that shit. Anyway, if you're a big Zodiac fan, sorry about just shit all over your existence, but that's just how I feel about something dumb. Oh, back to the back to the question. Sorry, I keep getting sidetracked here. It's another question I get. Oh, thoughts on questions. So, like, oh, thoughts on thoughts on fat burners. Thoughts on BCAAs. Be specific is what is my point here. Be specific. If you want a really good answer, like a good specific in depth answer, be specific about your question. An example would be: um, Are BCAAs good for burning fat? Are BCAAs good for building muscle? Are the weight loss shots semaglutide and ozempic 
a good idea for someone who's type 2 diabetic? Are they, do you think that the general populace should take these weight loss shots? Do you think that protein powder would be a good idea when I'm struggling with my protein goal? Tell me what you're, the, tell me the challenge you're trying to solve. That's even better. If you can come to me with the challenge you're trying to solve, I will give you the best goddamn answer you ever heard in your life. If you say, hey, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. Do you think BCAs will help me? My God, I will meet you with the thunderous, the thunderous science-backed answer. I will meet you and then some, and I will take you to the promised land if you just give me context for your question. More context than, thoughts on artificial sweeteners? What do you mean in regards to what? Felicia? Anyway. What's another question I got? You guys should know by now how I feel about supplements. I'm not big on them. They don't do anything. I'll say this. 95% of supplements don't do a thing. And the remaining 5% are overhyped. The only supplements that are useful in some way are protein supplements. It's like whey protein. Creatine monohydrate. I'll say essential amino acids can have some benefits. But even those don't do dick if your nutrition is god-awful. Your nutrition and your lifestyle are everything. And if they are, in, in, if they are congruent, you won't need supplements. They won't do anything extra, really. Let's look at protein. Protein is just protein. It's not magical powder that makes you get better results. It's just additional protein on top of the protein you're getting from food. So. They're helpful if you're at your protein goal is 100 grams and you're at 80 and this protein supplement has 24 grams of protein in it. There you go. Great time to use a protein shake. Right? Or on the go to hit a protein goal. They're not a substitute for anything. Pro- supplements are just that. Supplements. They're not, they're not substitutes for anything. So before you ask me a question, well, thoughts on green, greens powders? Thoughts on ketones? Thoughts on tummy tea? Thoughts on, none of them. None of them. I hate all of them. Don't bring them to me. I hate all of them. Hate them all. Because odds are you're just looking for a hack. You're just looking for a shortcut. And there are none. There are none. There's no supplements going to help you get better results than good nutrition and, and a healthy lifestyle. I'm done sugarcoating it. That's just how it is. Just how it is. Just saved y'all some money. Anyway, Slay's launching Thursday. What's up? Another question that I get on the line. Oh, let's talk about... Okay, so this is a great one. People ask me... Okay, I've talked about the phases, right? Like body fat cutting phase, muscle tissue building phase, body fat cutting phase, right? And then maintain. That's the way we do it in our program. Okay. When to know when to reverse those and and how do you do it? Okay, well, first of all, you know, when you... Let's just... The one requirement... Let's just... Okay, first of all, what do people do primarily? They try to build muscle and burn fat at the same time. Well, guess what? You can't do that because one requires a caloric deficit. One requires a caloric surplus consistently, by the way, not, not just one or two days, consistently over time. That has to be what you are living over time. All right. Now, can you get stronger in a caloric deficit? Yes. Do people gain muscle in a caloric deficit? If they're overweight, if, they're very, if you have a lot of weight to lose or you're very new to the gym, you can gain a little bit of muscle as you burn fat. But these people who don't have a ton of weight to lose, who are constantly in this cycle of quote-unquote recomping, they're just sitting in the middle of the road with the gas and the brake pushed at the same time. They're going nowhere. Those people look the same year after year. And it's because you have to commit one way or the other. The biggest thing that we do in our coaching program is help people do just that without any trial and error period. We streamline your success so you're not wasting any time. Because without guidance, like people waste years, right? I want you all to have as much information as humanly possible to be able to do this thing and win. So if you decide you want to do it right and commit to a fat loss phase, well, depending on how much fat you have to lose or where you're going to be comfortable with your body fat percentage, that could be a six to eight month endeavor, right? On average. Just depends on where you're at. And that's another thing that a coach will do is, you know, we have a lot... Here's the, I got to make this clear too. We get a lot of women come to our coaching program who think they need to lose weight and they don't. They don't. We'll have women put on their consultation form, oh, we'll lose 20 pounds. And they don't have 20 pounds to lose. They don't even have 10 pounds to lose. But they've been brainwashed to think they have to lose weight, right? 
they have body dysmorphia and and I have body dysmorphia so I know what that's but so many people think that they they need to lose weight and they don't and so many people think that they don't need to lose weight and they do so having a coach who can make that unbiased assessment based on what the goal that you ultimately have is invaluable right so and tweak and adjust as we go based on a visual change so that being said if you want to commit to a body fat phase a body fat losing phase body fat reduction phase and I say body fat reduction and not body fat burn because burning fat simply means using dietary fat from food as fuel. It's all burning fat means. People think burning fat means like losing it from your body. No, reducing body fat means you lose body fat from your body. You physically reduce body fat. Burning fat just means you, you burn fat as fuel, like a log in a fire, basically. That's it. Okay, so just wanted to make that distinguishment there. That being said, if you want to commit to a fat loss phase, then you're going to have to be in a caloric deficit for a long time. When I say long time, I mean longer than a week. <laughs> you know, I would say at least six months if you want to make some substantial progress. Okay? So that's going to be like a 200-calorie deficit. Now, along the way, in that 200-calorie deficit or so, obviously you have metabolic adaptation where your body gets used to your caloric intake and adapts, right? It stops burning as much calories at rest because you're, you're taking in less calories. That's metabolic adaptation. It's not starvation mode. Fuck all that. That doesn't exist. Ask people, about, ask people in Auschwitz or in third world countries if starvation mode exists. And they'll slap you in the fucking face. Only in America could we, could we invent something so ridiculous as starvation mode. People just don't want to track their calories. Anyway, I digress. You got to commit to a caloric deficit for at least six months to make any substantial progress with fat loss. And along the way, your body will adapt. It's called metabolic adaptation. It's completely normal. And at that point, you have a few options. It doesn't mean that you have to take away calories yet. In fact, I recommend you keep your calories as high as possible while still losing body fat. To do that, you got to move. Your steps are your biggest lever there. So instead of taking away calories, increase your steps. Make sure you are walking a lot. Keep your steps high. Track them and increase them over time. That way you don't have to take away calories, right? And eat as much as you can. That's what we want. More nutrients, right? And then also strength train. You strength train regardless of the phase you're in. Because if you're not trying to build and gain muscle tissue, you're trying to maintain it, right? So no matter what, you strength train. People have that confusion as well. They think they're not supposed to strength train while pursuing weight loss. Well, no, strength training is only going to help you in your, in your fat loss phase. So high protein as well, because protein has the highest thermic effect of food. The thermic effect of food is the amount of calories you burn <laughs> digesting food. So your body has to basically work harder to digest protein. And so it takes more energy. So it has the highest thermic effect of food. That's why you get protein farts sometimes. All good. Anyway, so high protein, calorie deficit, high steps. Do that for six months while strength training. You get to a point where your body fat is in a place where you're like, huh, I've made a substantial difference. I am happy with where I'm at body fat wise, but now I want to add shape. Well, now we go into a building phase. And all you simply do, and this is what we coach women with because sometimes you got to you know, look at different macros and look at your favorite foods and such and make tweaks. But you just reverse it and slight caloric surplus. Now, before, in a fat loss phase, your biggest things to focus on were your movement, right? And, and producing that energy deficit. That was it. As long as you're in an energy deficit, you're going to lose, right? Well, now you're in a caloric surplus, which means you're going to gain body fat in a surplus unless you are lifting weights. We want to guarantee and make sure as much as we possibly can that the weight that you accrue in this gaining phase is muscle tissue. Therefore, we're going to shift, shift our focus from, you know, I mean, keep, keep walking. Don't get me wrong. You're just going to keep the step count high and everything. But you really got to train hard. Like it, by this point in phase two of our program, we have imbued our clients with a lot of training knowledge. So we don't have to teach you that once you get in the building phase. They walk into the building phase already knowing what's up in the gym or from home, wherever they're training from. But if you're doing this on your own, you have got to be training hard. Because if you're not, and if you're not lifting weights, and this is what I have against fucking Pilates and yoga and Orange Theory and boot camps and all that bullshit, the reason why I'm not a big fan of those is because when it comes to building muscle in a building phase, you're going to have to progressively increase your load, progressive overload, meaning you have to get stronger. You have to lift heavier and heavier weights so that your body is consistently having to adapt and develop muscle tissue in response to that stimulus. 
So once you go to gain muscle tissue, you had better be training your ass off. Does it mean more frequently? Does it mean longer duration? But the quality of your training has to be high in a building phase in order to ensure that you are taking advantage of this surplus of materials coming from a caloric surplus to put towards muscle tissue growth and development. And the muscle that you gain in this phase will benefit you for the rest of your life. Skeletal muscle will keep your basal metabolic rate high to where when you go into menopause, you don't take a huge hit from when your estrogen suddenly is non-existent and you start to lose muscle tissue. You have to keep these habits going into menopause so that when you do hormone replacement, if you do, if you do bioidentical hormone replacement, you replace those hormones, you've already checked the lifestyle box and we don't have to then address that even though we fixed your hormones because that happens a lot. Women fix their hormones but still aren't getting crazy results because their lifestyle still sucks. You have to cultivate these as values before menopause. That way, once you get to menopause, you, all you got to do is fix the hormones and you're good. You don't have to fix the hormones and your lifestyle. What I just said is worth so much. What I just said about strength training in the menopause is one of the most valuable things you've ever heard about your health as a woman. And I'm not trying to like say that from a mansplaining place. I say that as I, I want you to win. I want you to win so badly because menopause is a motherfucker. And if you don't check these lifestyle boxes, and you think that just replacing the hormones is going to fix everything, I'm telling you, you're going to have to do both. You've got to do both. You don't have to be a superhero. Again, it comes back to just doing things slightly above your current level and building on it. But you got to make these things a value or menopause, perimenopause, and every, the time after is going to be hell. It doesn't have to be, but it sucks. I wouldn't know from fucking firsthand experience and I'll never pretend to know. I'm talking, I'm just speaking on what I've been told from other women about menopause. It sounds horrible, but these things will help you stave off those effects because skeletal muscle loss makes you way more prone to osteoporosis, makes you way more prone to decreases in basal metabolic rate, which in turn make you way more prone to putting on visceral fat, which in turn makes you way more prone to developing insulin resistance and PCOS and everything else accompanied with having more visceral fat. So we want to keep any of that from happening. I want you to win. That's why I'm telling you all this and being so serious about it. I want you all to win. Okay? Doesn't have to be you. And if you're in a place you don't want to be right now, you don't have to stay there. These things will help you get out of it. All right? So that's the building phase. You got to progressively increase, increase in strength. This is, again, this is why a coach is pivotal because I can put out as much information as humanly possible on social media like I'm doing right now on the podcast. But without someone to guide you through it, it's still really fucking hard. So I just, I put out so much free stuff because I know not everybody can make the investment into our program right now. And that's okay. Because this information is, is, is going to help you get there. And, and also DM me because I, I help everybody regardless. It's just who I am. After you do a building phase, you go right back into a fat loss phase. But, and I'm sure a lot of you are like, well, why? Why would I go right back into a fat loss phase? I just get it. Well, reason is after you spend eight to 12 months or longer in a building phase, we now have to burn whatever or, or lose whatever body fat that you accrued during that gaining phase. Inevitably, you will gain a little bit of body fat during that gaining phase. Just part of it, right? It's just part of it. It sucks. It's mentally the hardest part for women. But if you stick through it, the muscle you gain in that phase will benefit you forever. And you may not have to do it again. That's the cool part. You just do it one time. But now we strip down the body fat. And what's left is a totally new body because now at the same weight that you started, or maybe even a, a little bit above where you started, you have an entirely new body shaped by muscle tissue. Your metabolism's higher. Your thyroid hormone's higher. You have newfound shape. Your clothes fit better. And your waist is smaller. That is the product. That's why our, that, that right there, what I just described for you all, is every before after that you see on my content. Every single woman you see on our content just went through that process. And they committed to it. And it took over a year. It took over a year. Some of them took two years, three years. And that's all good because they got there. So, um, I think that's all I got today. I, I'm going to go. I got a barbecue to go to. Oh, shoot. I got to leave in 15 minutes. I'm going to my buddy's barbecue. So, appreciate you all listening. Hope this was helpful. I know I said a lot today. Holy shit. What was this, like an hour long? Enjoy. Y'all, I, I just, again, I said it before. I'll say it again. I just want you all to win. That's why I'm so direct. That's why I'm so straightforward. That's why I don't sugarcoat. 
I'm not for everybody, but I'm for people who want to take ownership of their life. There's the spectrum in this world that everyone lives on. That spectrum is the victim to ownership spectrum. The responsibility, we'll say the responsibility to victim spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, you have responsibility where we say that everything in our life we are responsible for. We are responsible for every circumstance in our life. The other end of the spectrum is that we're not responsible for any circumstance in our life. And our circumstances are a product of things outside of our control. We are victims of everything. And and external forces are the reason why we are where we are. We blame everything on everything else. Most people live somewhere in the middle, but closer to the victim side of that spectrum. My content is for people who want to move towards the responsibility spectrum and actually manifest a powerful life as a result. And we're all just trying to make it. Love you all. Thanks for listening. You can expect a a lot more of these. My schedule just opened up. (laughs) God. Anyway. Man, I'm human. Human, y'all. Love y'all. Thanks for listening. Have an awesome rest of your day. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.